0: Welcome to Mixed Company, bringing the siloed and uncomfortable conversation we have with our friends to the forefront, so everyone can participate in the conversation.
1: We say all the things you never would in Mixed Company. Welcome to Mixed Company. Hey,
0: everybody. Welcome back to Mixed Company Podcast. You already know you've got Kai here. Simeon. (laughs) (laughs) I just want to hit you with the wake up. We are now basically halfway through Black History Month. As you know, we like to formally call Reparations Month. So those of you that are out here being asked to share your trauma on podcasts, on panels, on clubhouse rooms, whatever it is that you tend to share your information on, I hope that you're getting something in return, preferably monetary support. But if not, definitely don't walk out of that situation empty-handed. Um, our stories are valuable and anybody asking you to share, it should be willing to come up off of something.
1: I am with you 1,000%. Um, I think if if any, if there's a, a theme for this year is that we need to be where the money resides. Um, and
0: That's so- that's what we said when we started the year. We came in hot. I listened ooh, back ooh. to that episode. I was like, ooh, 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 came in hot. a little, a little angry.
1: Listen, I, well, you know, 2020 happened. <laughs>
0: 2020 happened and 2020 part two. So what the what the match match.com commercial didn't tell us was that 2021 was about to be 2021 part 2020 part two. And so we're really still here dealing with the residual residual emotional effects of the fuckery that was last year. And quite frankly, you don't have time. If 2020 taught us anything, money short, money is long, but life is short. And so the best thing that you can do is set yourself up to be, to, to, to sustain, um, that you don't got to do nothing for free and you don't have to do anything you don't want to do because at any moment you could catch Corona and that could be it.
1: Right. You know, I was talking about with somebody the other day, um, you know, part of the part of the reason why my ministry this year is get your get your coins is, um, you know, when the pandemic started, there were a lot of people who were not of color, who were able to, like, disappear and, you know, head off to their bunkers <laughs> because they didn't know what happened.
0: There were also of color that I was like, how the hell, look, look, at, look at what wealth brings you. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So um, I just think you know whether it's a pandemic, whether you know whatever happens, um, I just I just want all of us to have bunkers to disappear to.
0: That's real. We're working not just for the main family home, but now recognizing that we have to dream big to get the shit that we want. We're also working to get the holiday home, the summer home, the vacation home. Mm-hmm. The Central America home. Folks is trying to be out here living like Beyonce and Jay Z with wardrobes in every cop closet on every uh on every um uh, what are they called continent. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I knew where you were going because we were in the
0: <laughs> So damn poor. I didn't even know what it was called, but yeah, no, absolutely. I just, that, I, I, I mean, I say it jokingly, but also I mean that in, in all actuality, like your stories, your trauma, your experiences, all of this is value because of the people asking you to do all, of, cause it's a lot of work. And I don't know if you are experiencing it this time around Simeon, but like the amount of panels and, conversations and contributions that people are asking for like every time I tell a story especially a story that I've told over and over again like I'd be tired and burnt out afterwards this is labor
1: oh yeah I mean I think you it's it's labor and you also said it's trauma um and so we we need to remember that both of those things are real and if you ever have ever walked out of a therapy session and felt drained from just yeah. talking um so you know it's it's it could be very similar to that so mm-hmm. well, you should be compensated
0: <laughs> compensation. and for those of you that are listening that are wondering what compensation because I, I have I did get one email um which one person thought that I was I was too expensive um but and that's fine and that's fine it just wasn't meant for for us to be but you know in, in lieu of compensation in lieu of monetary compensation like I've received I've received like gifts like actual gifts that were valuable I've received gift cards I've received um a a, a promise to to okay I'll do this for you if you do this for me like listen opportunity compensation and a value exchange can come in many different forms stop just getting like and, and and not to mention that this is the only time of year that so many organizations people leaders whatever the fuck you have however the fuck you want to identify this is the only time that you're even looking for this talent yeah. and so of course there should be a premium it's like christmas ornaments okay right. we already know that you're going to pay half price after february 28th but between February 1st and February 28th, you need to pay the holiday premium and you actually need to be authentic about it. So shout out to all of you that are giving away your information. Um, my hope and my prayer for you from me and my ancestors is that I hope you're not doing it for complete
1: free. Oh yeah. And 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 just to wrap this up, you, you mentioned, you said one word that I caught on to, which was it's valuable. And because we're adding value to <laughs> your employees, to your brand, we should be compensated. Oh, so we yeah.
0: have asked for a whole workshop on tell me what it's like being black. Are you gonna use this information with your clients? Because if so, you need to come up off of something. But right. I digress. So we're here, we're in the middle of Black History Month. Hopefully, folks are getting their coins. Hopefully, those of you that are not getting coins are catching up on your rest because being black in the United States, in America, in the world these days is so super tiring and exhausting. And for the rest of you, I just hope you're making it through retrograde.
1: <sighs> <sighs> retrograde, I've been describing it as violent. Mm. And I really don't know how else to describe it. I feel like... Um,
0: like a Mona Scott production. Mm-hmm. Very,
1: very much Mona Scott. Um, it, it's, it's hit me in a way that It's never hit me before where everything that could go wrong has gone wrong.
0: (laughs) It hit me in a way today that I really just had to like, I really had to sit with myself in prayer today because I was like, I ain't never experienced no shit like this before.
1: (laughs) So it's kind of like, oh, wow, I should kind of, and I never used to be somebody who paid attention to retrograde, but I, I honestly said last week, um, we should not do big productions during retrograde ever again because ever. it's it's not it's not working for me or my life or my sanity or my blood pressure
0: well hopefully friend it comes to a close and you come out of this retrograde with the answers that you need Um, And speaking of answers that you need, I think it's about time for us to go ahead and slide right into our first segment as usual, where we talk about all the shit that we identify as either dope shit or ain't shit. Uh, Sim, I got two of them, so I'm gonna let you kick off so it doesn't sound like I'm running my mouth too much.
1: Oh, good. Uh, So my dope shit is um, the Ulta Beauty Muse campaign. Mm um and you know last year as the uprisings were happening and brands were posting their black squares you know it was kind of easy to predict that we would get some some good shit this black history month um was not easy to predict some, i was, some I was not as uh, optimistic but but i'm
0: glad we're here
1: <laughs> yeah 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 i would i would say some good some bad some pandering um you know it was I felt like we would get some of it. And so I think Muse, the Muse campaign from Ulta Beauty is one of those, um, which was done by McCann, but also I feel like we should shout out Black creators on this show who are in the industry, who do dope shit, um, who are advertising Central. Are you about to
0: shout out Gabrielle? Because that's who I I was
1: about to shout out. out. Yeah, that's how I'm about to shout out
0: on the same page. We're basically reading each other's minds. I literally was thinking about how dope Gabrielle sh- in. And Gabrielle, I know we talked several times about having you on the show. 2020 wasn't shit to any of us. This year, we'll definitely have you. Um, but yeah, Gabrielle was a part of that production for Ulta, Ulta Beauty.
1: Yeah, and it was. It's it's one of those productions where it's, as a creative, who's worked on things that centralize or or aim to centralize Black people, um, I can tell that the client was extremely receptive to Gabrielle and Joshua Kissy and all of the other Black creators Mm -hmm. who were um, a part of this production, that they were really receptive to our authentic and our true story. Um, Mm -hmm. So shout out to them. If you haven't seen it, the Muse um, campaign, which is a part of their bigger commitment, which stands for magnify, uplift, support, and empower Black voices in beauty. Um, it's it's really easy to see that the client was supportive because mm-hmm. the, the visuals were on point. The narrative was on point. Um, as somebody who identifies as a copywriter, I was, I was, (laughs) (laughs) I was very pleased.
0: Copywriter, is that how you identify these
1: days? (laughs) Uh, Openly black and copywriter. Um, so I was, I was very pleased with the copy. I think it was, it was on point. It felt authentic. It felt like one of those campaigns that we will look back on in 20 years and go, that was dope. Uh, so shout out to Gabrielle, shout out to Joshua, Kissy. Uh, shout out to all of the creators. Sorry that I did not sit and gather all of your names before.
0: Um, you know, quite frankly, it's, it's, you know what it is? It's good work. Yeah, it's, it's good work good. all around. It's, I think, I think I would say in the last couple of years, I've seen more work that resonated than work that just pulled from culture. And it's always exciting to know. To, to to be acquainted with some of the people that produce this work. And so if we didn't uh, name you specifically, it's no shade. It's just that um, Gabrielle and Joshua have been in our orbits. And so that they're a little bit more attainable to find their names. But by no means was this a two-man job. This is definitely the job and labor of many people and many loves. So uh, I definitely pulled that as well.
1: Yeah. I, I appreciated it I, I do too. and 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 if you're listening and you did some black shit this black history month send it to us <laughs>
0: we do no like seriously like we will talk about that shit for the rest of the year we don't have to just promote it in February so if you worked on a campaign that promoted black culture and blackness we definitely want to um, see it hear about it talk about it send it to us so that we can share it out um I will start with uh, the, I will let's do a sandwich. So you gave some dope shit. Mm. I have to, let me throw in my ain't shit and then I'll end on the dope shit so that we do like the- Balanced. Dope shit sandwich, right? Yeah. So my ain't shit, my ain't shit takes us back to last spring um, when we were at the top of uh, quarantine um, and we had no choice but to experience ourselves Uh, through the lens of, um, through the lens of the internet. And what the internet showed us a lot in spring of 2020 um, was that racial violence um, in the form of passive aggressive violence was at an all time high. Mm -hmm. And before many of you were chanting the name, the names of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor um, and, and before you probably even opened up the article about Ahmaud Arbery, uh, many of you, um, many of you and were acquainted with a young woman um, whom we identified as Amy Cooper, walking through the empty bird streets of Central Park out here violently harassing um, Black men. Um, and so here we are today in February of 2021 um, and Amy Cooper, this is a New York Times headline, Amy Cooper, who falsely accused Blackbird Watcher has charges dismissed. And so that didn't necessarily strike me as triggering because it's America. And quite similarly to that bullshit ass impeachment, well, the impeachment happened, but that bullshit ass trial for acquittal for that orange ass man that is the whitest, like, and I don't care, like it is what it is. The, he exudes the politics and, and, and social experience of whiteness beyond anything I've ever been able to, to understand, but while, you know, in a world where you can be tried for treason, you can be tried for conspiracy and you can still get acquitted twice, Um, It doesn't, it doesn't, you know, I'm not surprised that her charges were dismissed. What did piss me the fuck off, though, if I'm going to be honest, is what happened to get her charges dismissed. So Cooper, a white woman, called 911 um, on the bird watching man in Central Park. Prosecutors asked the judge to drop the charges after she finished an education program about racial
1: Bias.
0: I'm not defend. Not the defense. The prosecutors. I'm triggered. The pro. The prosecutors. And so I'll say this because I, I can imagine, and, and you know I've talked about my brother's story on this show a lot, which is my family story, and I can imagine the trauma and all of the stress that comes forth with fighting your aggressors and battling racism. And I, I, I get that. But guys, we have to do a much better job of holding people accountable. Yes. And when somebody threatens your life, because in the, in the Lord's year of 2020 and 2021, by suggesting that you would call the police on me is an act of violence. Yes. You are threatening my life. This woman threatened Mr. Cooper, his name also, Mr. Cooper's life. And your team is asking for her charges to be dropped because she took a racial bias training. Mm -hmm. Here's where I get pissed off because we're out in these streets and we have these conversations about inclusion and all these people genuinely believe that if you would just give somebody a racial bias course, Mm -hmm. a one hour entry level workshop into what it's like to judge and be judged,
1: Mm-hmm.
0: based on the con the color of your skin and the content of your background that somehow you are cured of all racism. And this case now sets precedent that that is true. Yes, Once you take the racial bias course, you are no longer racist or in the wrong for any action that you, took part in while you were still racist or still untrained in your bias. And so all you need to do is give people a whole bunch of bias trainings and that'll fix it. I don't like that. I'm not gonna say that I understand why they made that decision or why Mr. Cooper wanted that to happen. I'm not not gonna judge him on that aspect, but I'm going to say to the rest of y'all and the rest of us and the rest of them and all of we, that's that bullshit. That's that shit. In the words of Chief Keef, that's that shit I don't like. Yeah. Because we're constantly asked to be the bigger people.
1: Yeah. Black
0: people around the world are constantly asked to be the bigger people, to constantly forgive and forget, to constantly be the ones to, to go out on the limb and protect everyone else. But when we have the opportunity to put our foot down and protect ourselves, so many of us back off, and those same people, and future children of, of yours that you're always fighting for, and this is for the future, and this is for the children, and this is for all of that, reap the whatever the opposite of benefits is. They reap they reap the the the, the negativity mm-hmm. and the backlash of your forgiveness for not holding people's feet to the fire. Yeah. So I'm I'm not okay with what just happened there um i hope i hope mr cooper is has found peace since that incident and if this is what gave him peace then god bless him for that but for the rest of y'all don't do that shit that's not we don't need to do that anymore that woman needs to be in jail and not in jail for 60 days she needs to be locked the fuck up so yeah. that she knows never to do it again. Her friends know never to do it again. Other people who identify with her think twice if they think about doing it again because no, that's not okay. Sorry, Sam. I know you were trying to jump in, but I was upset. No,
1: I mean, no. You 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 get to pop off. Um, like you 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 started talking, and I was triggered. And and the reason why I was triggered was there was a moment in my career where I experience something and also um if i'm slurring a little bit it's because i drank the good hennessy
0: um, a <laughs> of the fight on deck.
1: um there was a moment in my career when i experienced something extremely racist at work um and my boss's rebuttal for his actions were i can't be racist because i did diversity and inclusion training and that is the first thing that came to mind as you were talking um you know, part of part of what I hear as you're speaking is one, the absolution of of accountability, just kind of just erasing it from the conversation. But then also, and this is no shade to Mr. Cooper, but I think that to your point, we're we're often asked to go high in these moments where accountability is key. Like, they, like, I don't have
0: enough money to go high. Let me yeah, put it like, that way. I haven't built up enough wealth to be able to say, fuck this shit. Let me go shut my door and shut the world out. Those that are in a place where you can yeah. do that, good for you. But it's like, no, accountability is the only, the only valuable reciprocation that I can get in an instance like this.
1: I mean, but it's it's it it's it's wealth, but then it's also just kind of knowing the the repercussions of these accusations that happen in the real world. Like people legit die from the cops being called. And so if the resolve is, oh well, everybody could just go take a racial bias training and oh, you're just not racist anymore, it's it's crazy. I'm not saying that she should go to jail, but there should definitely be a moment of accountability where she is being held accountable for her actions. And so it is definitely not shit, she ain't shit. I, I mean uh, I,
0: Also, I, I, can we be clear? Embarrassment isn't a punishment. It's not. I think I think people think that like, oh, well, you know, We've, we've dragged someone enough. They've learned their lesson. Embarrassment is not a punishment to me. Mm-hmm. And so dragging her name through the mud and dragging her photos through the mud is not good enough to me.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Accountability. You committed a crime the same way you thought he was committing a crime and you wanted him to go to jail because you actually are the one that committed the crime, you should go to jail. Yeah, that's how that works.
1: It's 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 unfortunate, and and there's probably somebody who's listening right now. I'm going, well, but she apologized, and she
0: you can't apologize to me for nearly ending my life. Yeah, because calling the police on a black person a police the police on a black person in the united states of america to me is as dangerous as pulling a gun a loaded gun with the safety off on me in america i feel you so
1: i think i think it's also too like and then we can wrap this up um Anybody who is black who's dealt with the cops, um, and I've been thinking about this a lot lately too. Um, that feeling of fear is, and I, fear is not the right word. Terror is the right word, right? Because when I look at that video of Amy Cooper, I go, "That's a terroristic act." It she is wanted to inflict terror on this black man. And that is why I don't think it should be this simple to resolve it because it's terror. Like, like to, to have a, a moment of this can end with my life being taken is terror. And so she should be treated like a little mini terrorist <laughs> like at the end of the day like i don't know any other way any other way to say it because there's a reason why he pulled out his phone yep. he did it because there was a moment of fear that yep. this could escalate into something that could potentially end his life or and if it did he wanted accountability um and he also pulled out that that phone to to create a moment of accountability in that moment. So anything less than, than, um, her being an example is not good enough.
0: Exactly. Exactly. So, um, fuck her. That's that since he won't say I will, it's cool. I'll hold this down for the rest of us. Um, and yeah, we actually really need to do a better job of, of holding people accountable. We don't, have to deal with bullshit we don't have to there's so much bullshit that we have to deal with that this shouldn't be the thing that we choose to deal with her guilt her racial bias training fuck all of that
1: that you said that and i (laughs) i just want to say that not dealing with anybody's bullshit is such a flex um that we really need to like i i can't even stress enough how much of a flex not dealing with somebody else's bullshit is the other flex is simply ignoring these motherfuckers and taking a nap but as far as <laughs> that's,
0: that's the only uh fight back i have is i'm gonna
1: take a nap <laughs> taking the, taking a the nap is, is the other flex but while i'm napping i need you to be held accountable <laughs>
0: All right, so let's go on to some, some dope shit um, so that we end this on a good note. And I wanna give a shout out to a young woman who I've become acquainted with over the last couple of years. Um, she is my good friend's good friend. Um, and she made headlines last week. Um, her name is Corey Gordon. Um, shout out to Corey Gordon, who currently resides in New York, New York uh she is the 28 year old who migrated to the united states and became amazon's youngest delivery service partner um and so honestly guys that's a huge deal and why this is a big deal is because it's an entrepreneurial endeavor that i don't think a lot of people of color think about and definitely i don't think women think about um in the service industry um, and uh, a little bit about Corey. Corey is now one of the the e-commerce giant's youngest delivery service partners. Um, effectively, you know, she's a native of Jamaica, and when she came to the states and started figuring out what her professional career was, she figured, you know, I want to do something uh, in entrepreneurship. While she was working in retail, um, and effectively found what she was looking for as a service partner. Um, and effectively make sure she has the fleet and the drivers and the people that uh, helped us get all our packages during the high points of the coronavirus, y'all. And so I definitely wanna give Corey a shout out. You know, she's 28 years old, gorgeous, ridiculously smart. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that sometimes when we think about success and we think about growth and we think about entrepreneurship, we think about older people we think about getting rich off of entertainment or getting rich and famous off of doing something that's like you know super super duper big and it could be just as uh it could just be something that just has huge utility like providing uh providing transportation for packages and providing a team of people who can get those packages to you and those are the type of entrepreneurial ideas that if you are looking to supplement your life in advertising because it's not giving you what you need. It's not putting you in the direction of your summer home that you want to have before 40. Consider thinking outside the box and how do we support the brands that we support um, on the creative and the creative media and PR ends. How can we support them indi- individually at, uh, from a, ut- uh, a utility perspective? And Corey is definitely doing it. And so it's nice to see young Black women win. It's it's nice to see people that I get drinks with win. Um, And so Corey, cheers to you. Um, It's been two years. um, and two years since Amazon launched its delivery service program, and here Corey is fucking it up. So go ahead, sis. Go ahead and be great, um, and do your thing this Black History
1: Month. You know, while you were talking, the other the other thing that came to mind was. Oftentimes when we think about diversity, equity and inclusion, we're all we usually um, (laughs) come on, Hennessy, do your job. (laughs) When When we think about diversity, equity and inclusion, we often default to employees, but vendors are also a part of that conversation. And so for Amazon to be looking at diverse vendors um, as a part of their ecosystem is also pretty dope. Um, that is necessary, whether you're um, a brand or you're an agency, like vendors are a part of this ecosystem that need to um, be a part of your DEI strategy overall. Um, and the word just actually left minority supplier, something, something, that thing. Oh, I don't
0: know <laughs> mm-hmm. drinking.
1: <laughs> that thing needs to needs to be something that people are holding uh, companies accountable for as well.
0: Absolutely. And I already mean,
1: supplier diversity. Supplier diversity.
0: Okay. It's OK, Fran. You figure it out later. They do have a quote in here. And I'm looking at the Afrotech article where Amazon says diversity runs deep within the DSP program. Um, and that is uh, that is the delivery service provider program. And owners include former sellers on amazon.com, educators, military veterans, city council members, and a host of various people from all walks of life. Um, And so for those of you that are looking for your your Fuck This Job uh, uh, career path, uh, maybe check out Amazon's uh, uh, Delivery Service Provider Program. Um, Corey actually noted, you know, the most fulfilling thing about being a a delivery service provider owner is being a job provider and that like that gives me chills to hear somebody so young and who has so much life ahead of her say that. Um, because a lot of times we don't think that we can help when we're, I, I'm saying we like I'm that young still, but like a lot of times when we're young, we don't see our opportunities to add value and there are definitely opportunities for you. So definitely wanted to give Corey a shout out, really excited um, about her, her recognition that she deserves. And I hope to see more young Black women, young Black men, young people of color, however you identify if if the world is out to get you and the odds are stacked against your favor I, I i'm here to see you win um like corey so that's that's it for dope shit and ain't shit thanks for listening to us vent while we've been sipping on a cognac or two
1: <laughs> uh yeah i i bought some bsop for uh, super Bowl. and I'm putting it to good use. Got it.
0: All right, so we can get into, so, so we actually have a couple of things to talk about. I think our main conversation today is actually gonna be something that's a little bit more mundane, but honestly, a lot of people ask about it. And I think it's a good opportunity for us to talk about it. So our main conversation is gonna be about how to deal with shitty coworkers. Um, and quite frankly, in a world where the where everything is remote, and you're not really meeting people out front, and you can't really tell people to come see you outside, at least the way you used to be able to, and your face is no longer hiding, your dissatisfaction behind the Zoom wall, um, it might be worth us having this conversation. Uh, The people, I think I'm gonna steal something from from Ronnie Dickerson's podcast, shout out to Ronnie. Um, It's the difference between your mentors and your tour mentors. Um, So we're gonna talk about how to deal with your tour mentors. Uh, at work today. Um, But before that, we wouldn't be mixed company if we didn't talk about the real shit that's going on on the interwebs. And by the interwebs, we mean uh, Twitter. And in this instance, um, I think we talked about it at the beginning of the year, but um, at Age, uh, I guess at the end of 2020, at Age royally fucked up and made a very uh, unfavorable, 2020 mistake by calling themselves, and I'm gonna say AdAge as a whole because AdAge has not spoken out against this, but AdAge as a whole released um, an article about, uh, what is it, CMOs most likely to, to jump ship or leave their roles in 2021 with the headline talking about uh, Bozoma St. John. And as you guys know, Uh, Bose is a hero for many of us in the marketing industry. Bose is a Black woman. Bose is an immigrant to the United States. Bose is a powerhouse. Bose is a triple, triple, quadruple threat and also a triple, quadruple minority. And somehow of all of the marketing, chief marketing officers in the fucking United States of America, Adage thought it was quite appropriate uh, for them to talk about Bose's jump. And as you know, on this show, uh, we talk a lot about how for Black people specifically in, in this business, the way that we find success is by jumping from organization to organization and leaving. And quite frankly, it's a strategy. It is a career strategy is a career strategy, you do what works for you, you take the biggest risk that gives you the the biggest rewards and you make the biggest impact that you can and will make along your way. And somehow this was turned into something negative. Mm -hmm. And while AdAge did go back and update the title of the article, um, I think a day or two later after uh, complete outrage from the online community, they have, they have yet to actually answer for themselves. Mm. And for a, a platform and publication that has spent much of the last couple of weeks um, really driving home their Black History Month uh, uh, nuanced uh, content about Black leaders and, and, and diversity and inclusion, um, many people online, including one of our favorites, Gary Nix, Um, has been asking at age to speak out and to answer for themselves. And I guess, let me check Twitter, but I would imagine that we might be somewhere close to, it's been 50 days now, Gary's been holding account. (laughs) It's been about 50 days now. Uh, I'll tell you the actual uh, uh, number. Um, It's been day 48, so close. It's been day 48 without direct actual answers to the question, some of us asked AdAge about that year end article that they changed when called out. Here's the question, Sim, I'm going to toss over to you.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We know it's a small industry. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like there are 155 different p- publications that are out there, but what do you think? At age needs to do to 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 hold themselves accountable because I would say I would also agree with Gary and I've been following this as well. Um, I don't think changing the title is good enough because you wrote the article and I I'll find the name of the woman that wrote the article, but you wrote the article with your intention, so so your intention is still there. So what do you think that they need to do to get their shit together?
1: I mean. <laughs> you need to, they need to, they need to address it. And they need to address it in a way that actually acknowledges where they fucked up. And the the thing, one of the things that's that's become very uh, apparent in the last couple of years are empty apologies. Um, there's a formula, there's a template to how these things are addressed, especially when it comes to racial issues. Um, and I feel like add, that's what Ad just did. They went for the, the template response, which is, and one of those templates is don't address it, just, uh, retract it and this will go away, which is not to me, it's, it's not a, um, it's not a solution, it's kind of one of the white privilege um, game plans, if you will,
0: Uh where
1: you just think that if you ignore it long enough, people are going to forget. Um, And so if you are saying that you are an advocate for diversity and inclusion, equity and inclusion, then I would believe that for hoping that people forget is not uh, a part of your game plan. You actually hope to learn um, from your mistakes and pivot and iterate new new strategies. And that doesn't look like what they're, that's not what they're doing. Um, they're hoping that Gary will shut up and go away um, because it's not a hot topic anymore, which is trash. Like if you if you're not going to to learn and and it's not just about racial stuff, it's about gender stuff, it's about um sexuality things, it's about abilities. Like everybody who steps in their shit needs to own it, needs to sit in their filth, needs to understand exactly why they're standing in their filth and do better. And we need and and people want to hear how you're going to do better because and, and it's not just and I think yes, people want to make sure that you're held accountable. But also, these are learning moments, right? And so if you are actually learning something, like let people know what the fuck you're learning instead of trying to uh, hope that people will forget because the internet has a very long memory. We don't forget.
0: It does. And so what they did respond with on January, excuse me, December 30th of 2020, uh, we appreciate your feedback and apologize for the tone of our original story, which missed the mark. The intention was meant to show Bazoma St. John as one of the most in-demand CEOs. We have updated it to better reflect her standing, her standing in the industry. So here's my thing, right? And this is like this will go into our conversation about dealing with the tormentors.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And my problem with this is that again, your intention. So the original title was the CMO most likely to jump jobs in 2021. What they updated it to was the most in demand CMO of 2020. Mm -hmm. And so what we know to be true, before things go to publishing, everything is under scrutiny by your editors. Why this title? What what are you trying to say with that? Should we really push this forward? Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like you you politicize everything else, but when you released that year-end article, you wanted to frame this woman who's, whose career literally skyrocketed since you know Beats by Dre, or Beats acquisition by Apple in uh you know what it was 2014 or something like that, mm-hmm. who's then gone on to be sought after by some of the hottest brands in the entire world. If she were a man, if she were a white man. You'd be asking her for tips on how to do that. Yeah. But because she's a woman, you're you're labeling her you're a black woman. You're labeling her as if she doesn't deserve what she has. Or watch out for this one, y'all. She's just gonna head out. Mind your fucking business if you don't actually have if you don't actually know what the fuck you're talking about. And quite frankly, not, I'm, I am quite sure the woman that wrote this article has never fucking worked in a marketing position a chief marketing position in her life. And so therefore the demands of that job are nothing that you are quite aware of. And so for you to insinuate in any form that there's something wrong with how this woman is building her career and building legacy and building wealth for herself because it doesn't stand in line with the with the with the template of lifestyle that you've been given. That's your problem, and it says more about the staff. It says more about the writer. It looks like right now they've changed it to the article was written by Ad Age staff and not the, the woman directly, and so I can't find her name. But fuck you, yeah. fuck you, and and fuck you because especially because when shit was blowing up last year on at from Ad Age with all of the racial tensions. That's the only time they were reaching out to Black people to talk about Black people. Yeah, This would have been a good time for, for Ad Age to get back in touch with all those folks that they wanted to know. What, what What's your take on being Black in the industry? Maybe you should have reached out to somebody and talked about, you know, what's it like to be a Black CMO in the industry? And it, does that have any impact on why, on why she, A, is so valuable, and B, why she takes her opportunities so serious, so seriously?
1: I mean, and that's and that's the part right there where you know this is, you know, we're we're fresh off of uh, the Free Britney documentary, where you know we don't know what's going on behind the scenes in some of these situations, and so to to even make that assumption that she's just, I mean, clearly she could just be hopping for the better opportunity, but no one knows what she was dealing with at these. These, uh, with these employers. So they could have been shitty, toxic situations, and she could have been saving herself. Uh, there's a reason why diversity, equity, and inclusion initiatives exist. And it's not just for kumbaya moments, they're there because there are tormentors in corporate America. So, you know, I just, I, this could have been a learning moment, and they chose for it to be a moment where they flex their privilege and hope that this is gonna go away like other infractions that happened in corporate America.
0: Exactly, so um, to to also go ahead and and let me go ahead and like this tweet, but to also go ahead and show love to Gary J. Nix, who's always um, advocating on behalf of people of color and also most specifically black women um, I appreciate Gary for, for for doing that beyond words. Um, at age today, it is day 48 without direct actual answers uh, to why the fuck you thought that that was an appropriate headline um, about one of the most successful Black women in marketing. Um, do your job and do it better. That's it. Word. Do your fucking job and do it better.
1: As thought leaders.
0: Don't look bad because because we already know you're going to be reaching out to everybody once some more black shit happens because you need more intel so you might as well um do better with your community engagement that's my suggestion
1: that's a good one
0: yeah you know speaking of community engagement let's talk about what it's like working in the workplace right now in a remote fashion with people you just can't fucking stand i feel like it's been all over instagram all over twitter all over fishbowl um i keep seeing and i keep getting questions about how do you navigate the workplace unfavorable situations in the workplace and unfavorable people quite frankly in the workplace in a remote environment and y'all i barely have the answer so me and some are about to workshop through this because it's freaking hard it's just hard
1: yeah um
0: I feel like there's something to be said for like when you're in the office, at least I can roll up on you. You got to say the bullshit to my face.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's, it's big trash. Um, It's somebody who's in the middle of it right now. Um, I've, I've been trying to, I think one, first and foremost, um, My general demeanor is one of, I try not to bring any smoke unless people like bring smoke to me. Um, And for those who may not understand click wheel um, terms, I try not to be aggressive. I try not to be confrontational um, unless people are confrontational with me. And this is, it's, it's, it's more than, the best way to describe it is, and I think I've talked about this on the show before, um, when it comes to professional environments, being a black man, not wanting to be taken as the aggressor or you're going to be seen as violent or whatever the case may be. Um, I try to to keep a level head, but something has been happening with COVID um, and us working remotely that I feel like people are taking my level headedness for weakness
0: uh-huh.
1: and um, mm,
0: that's a good point uh,
1: the the best way to des- to describe what what is happening is I want to fight. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That. it's like being a millennial in the workplace is like i want to square up but i also really want to write a yelp review because i feel like i need to explain why this situation is toxic and negative and not productive for anyone but also you deserve to catch in.
1: yeah and and i and i think that's that's the biggest thing is you know doing doing this podcast um it has is, it is heightened my awareness to toxic situations. And I usually try to defuse them. But I think a lot of people are definitely going through some shit. Like we've been home for a whole year. Um, I, I think we went into lockdown, what, March 5th or something like that? So, um, so we're- Right
0: before St. Patrick's Day.
1: Yeah, look, we're, we're like three weeks shy of-
0: our one
1: year anniversary with our homes. Yes, so like, I understand that people are are, are going through things, but I also think that what the pandemic has done is really amplify, if you're a shitty employee, it's just amplified that, right? You're a shitty employee from home. If you were doing shitty things in the office, you're probably doing shitty things on Zoom uh, or Teams or whatever, or Google Hangouts or whatever your your office um, uses. And for me, it kind of hit the head the other day where I was like, actually, I could just quit. (laughs) And that was a conversation that I had to have with um, the people that I was working with in order for it to resolve. And I think this is one of the things that, you know, we talk about on the show all the time where save yourself before you save anybody else. Like Put your own mask on. Um, But for the sake of this conversation, knowing that we are in the middle of a pandemic, we are in the middle of a financial crisis, um, what should the average person do to resolve this situation? I feel like getting a mediator within that organization is key. Um, which is something that I had to kind of do um, to resolve the situation. Uh, Because ultimately, like I've, to your point about rolling up on somebody's desk, that is a very uh, different dynamic where you can, you know, get into a room, get into a conference room, which just seems so foreign at this point, get into a conference room and talk it out. But in Zoom, I feel like there's a weird dynamic. That happens on Zoom where things as things can escalate really quickly.
0: Well, something I was on a, a panel last week and a young a young gentleman who was absolutely fascinating to listen to. Shout out to Isaiah's from the Bronx and like super dope and came through the Ad Fellows program. But he called out something that was like, I never thought about it like this, but it's so true. Somehow working remotely has amplified all the fuckery that we've experienced. Yeah in the workplace. Sure. So whatever you experienced in person is now completely amplified. And what we didn't go into talking about is why, but all I've been thinking for the last week is, but why? Yeah. But why? Is it because you're behind your computer? But you is know like the Offset of like, trigger fingers turn to Twitter fingers. So you think you want Zoom. And so I can't roll, like pull up on you. And I can't say like, I'm not going to speak directly about anything that I'm experiencing. But I will say, I, I have noticed the, it's, and I don't know, I don't know if it's because people can't like sense your vibes that all of a sudden, because I can't actually feel your energy, I feel more uh, comfortable disrespecting you. I, 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 Cause that's what it feels like to me. I feel like people think it's okay to disrespect you because it's all on the internet. And I kind of feel like I'm in this space at work at, at like in, in my professional life and watching other people deal with their professional life and watching all the shit y'all are dealing with on Twitter. But like y'all really feel like you can't get cussed out over email too. Or you can't get cussed the fuck out over a Zoom. And it's like your level of respect for people should maintain the same, if not be even better in a remote standpoint you do need to continue to be empathetic. You do need to conti- continue to think. Just cause you live by yourself, don't mean you only think about yourself. Just because you only wor- get, only speak to your family throughout the day, doesn't mean you only think about your family throughout the day. You're still a professional and you still work.
1: So, you know, while you were talking, I think part of it, and I kind of hit on it too, where, you know, if you're a shitty person in the office, you're probably a shitty person over Zoom. Maybe a part of this is, when you go to work, you or some of us uh, send our representatives if you will. And maybe there is like in a weird way not going into the office has provoked some of us to leave our representatives in a drawer. Um, and by representatives, I mean you're a professional persona that you you pull out whenever you're you're in these settings maybe just people just don't feel the need to bring them anymore because a lot of those those walls that we have put up between our personal lives and our professional lives have come down right so if you're like people are literally in your, house. <laughs> like, are in your
0: house. And maybe that's why it feels worse. Because not only are you are you being are you not being a team player, not only are you making the workplace difficult, but you're doing it in my house.
1: Yeah. <laughs> there's I think there's something about being at home that has disarmed some people. If you will, and they just—they just feel a little bit more gully. They feel a little bit more gangster. But yeah. the re- the reality is, you you can still be dealt with, right? and there are different ways to deal with people. Um, and it's, of-
0: yeah, and it's because, and, and I'm listening to you talk about a sim, and I'm like, you know what? These coworkers these colleagues these zoom monsters
1: that are
0: (laughs) that are making the virtual workplace a living hell for a lot of people and there's a lot of people and and if you don't feel like you know anybody like that i'm gonna need you to just double check yourself that maybe it could be you go ahead and ask around to the people that you work with like hey please let me know if I'm doing anything to make your work scenario more difficult. Um, But for these people that are making it difficult to turn on the Zoom every day, I really need folks to understand that you are crafting a new workplace culture
1: Mm.
0: by by being who you are and doing the things that you are doing. And recognizing, and I think it's important for people to recognize, since so many people always wanna talk about empathy and putting yourselves in other people's shoes, this is a moment where you need to do that because as people are continuing to live live in confined spaces where they cannot, they don't have an outside routine, they're not, they're not going into office, they don't have coworkers that they can lean on and diffuse energy. You are fucking with people's mental health and mental stability on a day-to-day basis in a way that you probably wouldn't be doing that in person and be able to keep your job.
1: Yeah. You know what? And that's and I feel like we talked about this sometime last year, but I'm suffering from time distortion. Um, But this is a new work culture, right? And so I think people really need to understand that in a, in a in a real way, that everything you do, your behaviors, all this is contributing to a new culture. Um, and you probably don't wanna be the shitty person in this culture, or you do. But when, one, thing, one thing that I've been, um, I don't necessarily be rapping to myself in the mirror like Issa, but- I do. But I do have like these little moments with myself where one thing that I said the other day and I realized that this is how I've been dealing with one of these situations is a lot of people think they're driving, but they're really just my chauffeur. Mm -hmm. Um, So Mm -hmm. that is that is one of the ways that I've been strategically trying to deal with people is letting them feel like they're in control. But in reality, I still get what I want. Um, so that's where I that's that's where I've been. That's that's kind kind of how I've been mentally coping with the tormentors. Is how do how do you get to be an asshole and I could turn off my Zoom camera and throw up a middle finger and still get what I want at the end of the day to make sure that my work is not being negatively impacted.
0: I think that's fair. I think one of the things that I've been doing or that I've been very, um, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I have been very intentional about these days when dealing with toxic people on the internet and in my inbox. I've been picking my battles in a way I have never picked them before. I am picking and choosing like it's Mm -hmm. love and and ray j and and i'm uh 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 what's his name i can't think like i'm a vh1 dating special the freaking bachelorette because honestly if you're gonna be a dick not every email you send at this point deserves a response yeah and like And like, that's not necessarily the power you had before because the power you have before is people could pull up on you. But at this point it's like, rather than getting into an argument or getting into a TIFF or getting into a back and forth because you know, I'm really good at those long-winded emails to which I I outline and answer everything somebody has to say. Shout out to Brooklyn in the background being Brooklyn. Um, But, it's like, is you're not even worth the response, especially if the response is going to take time out, time out of my, let me let them go, especially if the response is going to take energy out of me. And so I've been, I've been very specific about what I respond to and who responds to it and, um, you know, also conceding. You asked for something that is probably stupid for me to give you, and you probably could have done it yourself. Is it going to take me the two seconds to do it or the 10 minutes to figure out how to say this in a way that you get my drift, but I keep my job, I'm going to just do it. And we don't have to speak again. And I think what people don't understand, what, what people really don't understand is we're not going to be working like this forever. Yeah. There will be a remote working aspect, but I'm going to see you. <laughs> We're going to transition workspaces. We are going to cross paths again. Yeah. And the reality is when we cross paths, are you sure this is the bridge you want to burn? Yeah. Of all of the bridges to burn as you torment me over work from home experiences, is the, am I the bridge that you want to burn? And for some people, it's clear that the answer is yes. But when we cross paths again, just understand that bridge is no longer available to you. You're like we're still networking, we're still building networks, we're still uh, 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 building relationships, and you can fuck up a relationship virtually as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, and that's that's actually a really good um, references. Is it's. it's is this a hill that I'm willing to die on? And most of the times it's not. <laughs>
0: That's why the naps are important, though, because after you wake up from the nap, sometimes it's like, let me
1: just go ahead and
0: do this shit. Yeah.
1: yeah shout out. Shout out to walks, taking walks. Shout out to taking yep. 10 deep breaths in a row, counting yep. to 15 for each breath, um, because those are really the things that I feel like help um, me not curse people out? Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: It's, for me, it's the nap. Sometimes it's the walk. Sometimes it's the walking away. Sometimes it's really closing the, giving the 24 hour period to respond to an email. I know some people like, I like to respond to emails in one to two hours. Sometimes, some emails you could take a day to respond to because it's, it's within that 24 hours that I think you make the decisions on what's the best approach. Um, and and honestly, it's hard. And for those of you that don't necessarily have a co-working person or a co-working pet in your homes, apartments, whatever, it's difficult to decide. Like, are you tripping or not? Are you crazy or not? And so, you need that time to converse with yourself or to find somebody else to converse with because it's going to take a village to get us to build a new normal of workspace. But all I keep holding on to is you gonna have to see me outside sometime. Yeah. You, Everybody that's, everyone that has crossed me in quarantine, you are going to have to see me outside and you are going to have to answer for yourself.
1: It's It's so funny. Well, it's not, I mean, you were there, but I had to call you the other day because it was, oh. <laughs> it was about to happen.
0: <laughs> yeah. And we talked about it. It's like, you know what? The long emails about this is what happened and this is what he, that's what he said and this is what she said and this is what she did. Sometimes, y'all, it's not even worth it. It It's not even worth it. Some fucking times, y'all, it's about, you know what? I'm gonna let you have this little battle. We gonna have this conversation later. You're going to have to see me and i and i hope that you know people listening to this because i know it's a lot of people like how do i deal my manager this my my co-worker that my supervisor this my somebody that my 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 freelancer this that y'all keep forgetting everybody that's being more of a dickhead now than they would have been in person y'all keep forgetting we have to go back outside people are going to ask for recommendations about who you worked with I've met more people this year that know me than knew me last year. Mm. You're going to need access to those people. They're going to need a recommendation for you, just as much as you might need a recommendation for me. Yeah. Are your relationships set up in a a space that when somebody asks for a recommendation of what it's like to work and partner with you, are you getting the 90%? Because nine out of 10 people like working with you or you can consecutively just being a dick. So like everybody across the board is like, I don't know. That ain't fun.
1: And, and that is that is such a great point of, um, and I think that's also part of the reason why I, I try to like take my 10 deep breaths before I respond or go for a walk because this is a very small industry and you don't want people thinking that you're a dick. Um, and sorry, I keep saying um, but honestly, um, but yeah, you you don't want you don't want people thinking that you're a dick. So you do want to make sure that you are adding adding to a positive culture instead of a toxic one. And that and I think that should be at the top of everybody's mind when they're, you know, creating these these uh, interactions that live with people. And I believe it's Maya Angelou who's, who said, you know, people will forget what you said, but they'll never forget how you made them feel. Um, And for all of you who've been making me feel like I've been crazy (laughs) during this retrograde, I will never forget. I
0: will never forget. Like I, I, I really, it's, it's your world has either gotten larger or smaller in quarantine. Hmm and especially in our industry where everything is so relationship based, you have to know and understand that you beefing with me is not just you beefing with me. Me beefing with you is not just me beefing with you, which is why sometimes like, which is why like in a lot of my experiences over this last year, it's been a lot easier to just say nothing.
1: I do that a lot too
0: just not say anything because when we get out of here well i might have receipts for how you've treated me do you have receipts for how i feel about you no the work got done it was done on time we could still stay cordial but like people are forgetting you still have to build relationships even in in all of this time so
1: such a great point
0: you know what i'm saying but it's all right y'all like there is a way to slay the dragon there's definitely a way to to uh overcome the you know goliath whatever however you the tormentors like all of that like it is hard enough just living and breathing and being in this experience the people that are out there making your day stuck at your home office for those of you that are stuck in your home office shittier than it needs to be there is a special place in the future for which they won't win when it comes to what new opportunities arise you stay true to your authenticity stay true to who you are um with your good character and like take a nap when they piss you off before you respond don't respond without taking a nap that's what, that's what quarantine has afforded us is an opportunity to take a nap before I respond. Cause some of y'all really do deserve physical and, and, uh, 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 literal hands. Yeah. Um, which is the same thing, but also like not physical hands. Like y- y'all deserve whatever people are dreaming about in their dreams about you. And you're very lucky that we're not in person that you won't.
1: <laughs> One of One of my favorite, um, instagrams to follow right now is the nap ministry um because this is literally what it's all about just let let go and go take a nap because none of this shit is going to matter in a week Mm-mm-mm-mm.
0: well with that being said i'm glad we got that off our chest i'm gonna take our, our solutions to that since solution vet solution venting has always been our thing take a nap take a beat take a breath and quite frankly um let the haters hate because they still got to see you outside when all of this is over
1: yeah and you 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 said something to me too um the other day about people feeling intimidated um and sometimes you just got to let people sit in their filth. and if if they feel intimidated they feel intimidated and that's Definitely. their that's their problem wow.
0: That's between you and your God or what, or your liquor liquor bottle, whatever it is that you are into, you just got to figure that out. But for those of you that are dealing with people that, you know, make it really difficult to make it through this, this weird time of working, just know that you're not alone. Just know that if you, you know, if y'all really want to talk shit about somebody, go ahead and send us a DM We'll always respond to your DMs about your shitty coworkers, and we'll keep it a secret. You don't even got to tell us no names. Just tell us what they did. Might make a really good show one day and they'll never know it's about them. Um, but with that being said, we're going to go ahead and close out. Sim, it's been great talking to you. We'll be back in two weeks uh, for another show. Um, and so, yeah, you can find us on all the social medias. Ask Mix Company or on email at askmixcompany at gmail.com and podcast.com on the website. Listen to us on Stitcher, iTunes, uh, Spotify, SoundCloud, all the things. We are there. Wherever you are, we are there. And we look forward to kicking it with you again. Y'all have a good one.
1: Word. Peace out, people.
0: Out.